Are you a fan of one of the three high schools in the town of Fort Mill? Well, you've come to the right place to catch up on all the information surrounding your favorite team. We're just three old dudes who love high school athletics and love the town of Fort Mill. Call us, the Mouthy Milltowners. Welcome in everybody to another edition of Mally Mill Towners. It's another week in the Mill Town. The usual suspects, but we do have a special guest. There's Mac Banks over there. He's not special. Keith Cook to my right. He's special, sort of, kind of, and not to his wife though. We'll talk about that later. I'm definitely not. That's I'm hated by everybody. But the gentleman to my left. Can I call you a gentleman? Absolutely. Absolutely, I can. He is a he is a state championship softball coach, and his girls are probably going to notch a state championship this year. I'm going to go out on a very short limb and say that. The head coach of the Catawba Ridge Copperheads, Mr. Michael Kidd's in the house. Yay. All right. Yay. Yes, sir. Welcome in. Thanks for doing this, man. We really appreciate it, man. We know it's real busy. It's during the season, especially this time of the year, where you're getting ready for the playoffs. Playoffs? Um, <laughs> so your your record is uh, pretty gaudy. Well, last time I looked at it, 17-3-1. and one. Uh, those three losses in the one tie. I we ain't, we ain't counting that tie. Clover. This is, man, I think this it was is, a tie with Lexington, a loss to Clover, a loss to, to Burns. And a loss to Somerville. One Somerville, nothing. one to nothing. Dude, this so is softball. where I'm going ties. with that is the three losses in the one tie were to 5A programs. Right. And, oh, by the way, who does Catabras play this week? Lexington and Clover. I'll take the green and gold, plus 20. Thank you very much. But that's just one humble man's opinion. But thanks for being here, Coach Kid. We appreciate it. Uh, speaking of coaches, there was some sad news that got uh, passed around town uh, yesterday. Huh? Bittersweet. Don't say sad. Yeah, bittersweet. Yeah. It's it's a loss, though. I think it's a loss for not just the wrestling program at Fort Mill, but, um, but for a lot of people, a lot of young men and families that and women that he touched over the years. Chris Brock. Uh, just won a state championship in wrestling. He's decided he's going to resign as the head wrestling coach. Now, my understanding is he's going to stay on campus as a teacher. Correct. Uh, so he'll still be here and he'll still be around, but it will definitely have a different feel. It'll be a different look uh, around the hive for sure without um, Chris Brock walking around, especially during duels and that sort of thing. Um, so, but we wish him all the best, obviously. Um, he was kind enough to sit down for one of our podcasts. He was uh, very open and very honest about it. I think we posed the question about it. Um, but he brushed it off. He needed to brush it <laughs> yeah. off. It's, I, mean, I think he had his mind made up then. Obviously, he knew going into the season, but I don't think he was – until he's ready to say something publicly, yeah, he wasn't going to say him anything. Let do it on his terms. And, right. But, but congratulations to, to him and – um, that'll give him more time to spend with, with his lovely wife, Debbie, and their kids. And Caleb's graduating, like Mike pointed out, in the outtakes, which, again, today were pretty funny. Uh, a little heated at times, but one of these days we should record it, but it'll get zipped off of Apple Podcasts Dude, really, no really, really fast. Record this stuff. I don't know about that. But, um, for our own personal consumption. For our own personal <laughs> consumption. And speaking of, of getting zapped, let's start with, with baseball. Um, and we'll start with Catawba Ridge. Uh, the Copperheads this week, really just another week for them, uh, just rolling merrily along again. Yeah, they um they had Northwestern, three-game series, and based on kind of what was happening with Indyland in their series last week, you know, Catawba Ridge took two out of three, 
and they kind of needed to do well against um, Northwestern and hope that any land kind of stubbed their toe against Lancaster. Well, Lancaster has really fallen off the face of the earth in regards to baseball. It's like Rock Hill. And Yeah, and um, so any land swept them without any problem. So that kind of needed Catawba Ridge to do the same with Northwestern, and they did. Um, game one was on Monday the 17th. Jackson Mullen got to start. I don't need to say anything else because you really know what happens. He throws a no-hitter because why not? He's Jackson Mullen, right? That's so what he does. So, you know, they cruised 10 nothing. Uh, they 10 run them, 10 run ruled them. Then Wednesday uh, over at Catawba Ridge, they got a 5-2 win, which clinched at least a tie, if nothing else, with any land for the region championship. Because, um, you know, at that point they would have, you know, I guess – could have at least tied but uh so they kind of needed the win um to have it outright against uh northwestern on friday and they did so winning six to four again uh owen noonan had a big week coming through a lot in recent days and recent games uh jake mccoy uh back on the mound uh pitched three innings in that game the eight to four game on friday and you know he did well seven strikeouts and three innings. He didn't allow a hit. Um, so they used one, two, three, four, five, five pitchers in that last game, probably mostly because they could. You know, they didn't. It's not like they were struggling much. Um, you know, they got an early lead and just kind of rode it. And from that point, you know, now this week they've got some team name. What's that team's name? Nation what? Nation Ford, I Nations, think. Nations. Nations Ford. Ford, right. Yeah, everybody puts a Ness on it, which <laughs> I know everybody loves. I can't um, wait for you to do that in front of Coach Johnson and let him just dog smack you. Nations Ford? Oh, let, let him just correct you I know you it's all Nation. Trust me, I've been hearing it for 15, 17 years, Nations. But, yes, I know it's Nation. Um, anyway, so they got Nation Ford twice. And then uh, they have a uh, Nation Ford sandwich, Nation Ford on Monday, Nation Ford on Friday. And the Oreo in the middle is South Mac. So um, you get that whole Oreo thing with it. Never mind. Anyway, so, yeah, they pretty I, I, much. We, we got it. Yeah. The bad jokes it. around here are no. just awful. Yeah. Yeah. And, I'm laughing. Can't you tell? <laughs> <laughs> so, and you used to make fun of your dad's jokes. I don't want to hear that well, anymore. That's, it's inherited. I can't, I can't I, help okay. it. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Blame it on your genetics. I like the way that works. <laughs> yeah. There you go. But th- that's an interesting matchup to me because. Catawba Ridge versus Nation Ford, you have the Falcons who are playing pretty decently at the moment um, against the Catawba Ridge team that's not really taking their – they had the one hiccup against Indian Land. Yeah. But other than that um, – but I think if if Coach Doss, if, if I'm him, I'm hoping that Nation Ford brings their A game. And I'm thinking if Coach Stack does that, I think Coach Stack would want the same thing because I think both those teams want to be tested. They want to be grizzled a little bit because the playoffs start – next week well i think they'll have honestly they'll have better competition against nation four because besides indian land region three four a baseball has been kind of weak this year i mean york only has two or three wins overall northwestern's not the northwestern of old you know south point south point is you know struggled a lot so you know langster they started well but once they got to region play they just again fell off the face of the earth so i think Nation Ford's the biggest competition they've had 
since Indian Land, which is only two weeks ago, but still, it's it's you know better than that they had last week. So the the thing about Catawba Ridge is going to be in the playoffs. You know you're going to get Mullen, right? You know you're going to get is it Dean? Yeah, Peyton Dine. Uh, Dine, excuse yeah. me, D H E I N, I believe. Yes. And so, how many horses can Coach Dodge throw out there on the mound, um, and and basically get outs? Because in the playoffs, you usually need three a three headed monster. Well, I think they got it, and you know they got Jake McCoy. Um, you know they've got Caden Glauber. Yeah, he threw a great game Wednesday. Caden, yes, or, yeah. So yeah, I think game. he threw a complete game as well. So I mean, it's one of these things where he has the arms to go the distance. Like you know, you put Mullen in, he can get you seven innings without a problem. And a lot of times it's without giving up a hit. You know, McCoy's went seven innings. Caden Glover's went seven innings. So he's got the arms, and I think you know it's kind of like Fort Mill did last year. They had a lot of arms that helps in regards to further you can go into playoffs and, and same thing with softball and, and pitching and baseball and pitching the more arms you got the more people you can rely on you know the further you can go well it and in the upstate of south carolina catawba ridge will definitely have a target on their back for sure and they are ranked second in the state yeah. for a behind north myrtle and that's not exactly getting swept under the rug that they're right. the more this season has grown the more attention they've garnered, and rightfully so. They've earned it. Right. They've earned it. And it wasn't one of those things where preseason they had all this hype. And, no, they've lived up to the expectation and probably exceeded the expectation. So now the last year's team, they won the region, but they stubbed their toe in the district championship. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. I think the Copperheads get a district championship and start pushing buttons in the upper state. That's that's what I envision. But moving over to Nation Ford, they played in the Nation Ford Falcons this week. Nation Ford had to take on Spring Valley. Now, the Falcons got the sweep, but it was not easy. It was far from easy, and Nation Ford had to come off the mat a few times to shed the Vikings. And, Keith, um, I'm sure there were times where you were like, won't they just be good little boys and just go away? But that's not Spring Valley. They are better than their record says they are. Well, and just watching them playing against Spring Valley on Wednesday, you could see that they had a lot of athletes on that team. You know, between uh, Colton Jones and and Jaden Williams at shortstop, they weren't going to go away. And the Falcons have been gritty all season long, so it's been kind of nice to see them be tested, especially against a team that is in the bottom of the region. And you know, sometimes you always hear about you play down to your opponents, and well. I would argue that playing down to Spring Valley's level isn't exactly that far down, if you ask me. Uh, but they were gritty. They went ahead and uh, beat them on the road 6-4, to four, had to come from behind, 2-1 uh, to one at home on Wednesday. Again, another tough game there, and then 5-3 on Friday, and they were down 3 nothing at one point in that game. And you figure, well, you know, that would blow the opportunity to – play Fort Mill for third place in the region because if you were scoreboard watching and you see Fort Mill down to Clover and then you see Nation Ford down to Spring Valley, you're thinking, well, you know, the, the Wednesday game is going to be for naught. And fortunately, they were able to rally around and get that that victory. And uh, Killian Bennett was the, the kind of the star that, that held them together on Friday. He pitched two and two-thirds of hitless ball, struck out three and got the win. 
Gabe Simmons, who's been coming on as of late, he went two for four with two RBIs. Paul Solari, two for three with an RBI. And then on Wednesday, Gabe hit a home run, and Ben Chuddy came off the mat and threw six innings to get the win with one earned run. Uh, the Monday night game star was Braden Deaton. He was three for five with three RBIs. And I'm going to go to the, the JV team before I get back to varsity again. They lost four to three to Spring Valley on Tuesday, but then on Thursday they give up a nine spot at home in the first inning. So you figure that game's over. Well, not exactly. They went on to outscore the Vikings 22-3 to from the rest of the way to win 22-12 to and get their record back even to 9-9. Nine and nine. But the Varsity Falcons, of course, they play Catawba Ridge, and we will probably see Jackson Mullen. And if they can somehow get to him a little bit, I think that would go a long way with the playoffs because – they're probably not going to see a better pitcher in the playoffs than Jackson Mullen. I think it would help confidence-wise. I mean, yes. Nafer's not a bad-hitting team, but, I mean, it, it they get hits off of a kid like that that's been throwing no hitters almost every <laughs> every, every <week>. outing. Yeah, <laughs> It's got to be, you know, confidence. Well, and that's just it. And so, if they, and, and Coach Stack had alluded to that. He says, if we can get, get around on Mullen, then – you know, things are going to look good for us going into next week, depending on where we go. And as of right now, I mean, I guess it just depends on Wednesday night here at the Hive. It it will, and it'll come down to that one game. Winner of that game will finish third. The loser of that game will finish fourth. Uh, what is locked is Blythewood has won Region 3-5A. We know the Clover Blue Eagles have finished second. We know Rock Hill's fifth. We know Spring Valley is, is sixth. So with Fort Mill baseball this week, had to go in, had to win the series against Clover. And if you're Fort Mill, you were just hoping to get the series victory. What you really wanted to see was a sweep. And maybe, and like you said, uh, have Nation Forge stub their toe, which did not happen. And then what didn't happen for Fort Mill was the offense just went silent at the absolute wrong time. Uh, Monday night, it was uh, the two aces for the staffs, I guess you could say. Uh, Mikey Terrible didn't pitch poorly at all. He only gave up three hits, one run. Um, he did walk some guys. Uh, he was going up against Cade Pilgrim, who also pitched well, went six innings. Um, that game was tied at one, going to the seventh inning. And then Clover scored three runs on the top of the seventh. Fort Mill scored two in the bottom of the seventh and had the game-tying run in scoring position. But the final out was recorded. Clover wins 4-3. to three. You move on into Wednesday night in another game that just seemed to just kind of drag a little bit. And Clover ended up winning that game 3-1. to one. But again, Fort Mill scored in the seventh inning, had runners on base in the seventh inning with a chance to, to go ahead and maybe pull the victory. Uh, but that door got shut down um, by the same guy, which was Deion Brown. Deion Brown, the Clemson commit, came in on Monday night, shut the door, and did the same thing on Wednesday. Then on Friday night, the offense for Clover showed up, but again, the offense for Fort Mill did not. Uh, that game was tied one to one, headed to the third, I believe. But all that went for naught when Hunter Biscay hit a grand slam home run. He hit it over the fence, over the bushes, off, didn't even it landed in the student parking lot. It's one of those things where he hit it so hard that even on the air, all I had time to say was, is Zach Jennings is going to turn and watch this one fly out of here? I mean, Zach took two steps, and that ball just sailed way over his head and was gone. That made it 5-1, to one, and the final score was 12-3 to three as Clover just had all the momentum at that point. So Fort Mill goes 0-3 against Clover, so that sets up what Keith was talking about. 
which is the winner against Nation Ford versus Fort Mill. They'll get to three. The loser will get to four. People are going to ask the question, does it really matter? Well, it it could and it probably will, will be my answer. But we don't know because a lot of other regions have to finish region play. And I'm real interested to see how they do that because the the forecast this week does not look all that great in the upstate of South Carolina. And a lot of these Region 1 and Region 2 teams are in that the upper part of the state, the west of here. They're going to get rain and Rain's a good on. bit of it. Yeah. So how they get those games in, they're going to have to get those games in because the playoffs start next Tuesday. I think it's May the 2nd. So better get on that somehow, some way. But that's going to shake out what happens in Region 1 and Region 2. What we do know is Hannah's at the top of Region 1. JL Man won't make the playoffs. It's been a long time since people have been, had to say that for the Patriots. But that's just the situation at hand. And then in Region 2, where Dorman has been so dominant for years, that's not the case this year. Jack Jolly's group is right in the middle. The Burns Rebels are a little bit higher than they are. So Region 2 has shaken up a good bit as well. So Blythewood's got a good road. I think Clover's got a tough road. And whoever finishes fourth is going to have a tougher road than three. But, again, that just depends on how the other things shake out. Boiling Springs is a really good team. T.L. Hannah's a really good team. So it's going to be a matter of what pick your poison, basically, is how that shakes out. But um, I'll say this. Fort Mill was the three seed last year. Jackets had to win two out of three against Gaffney the last week of the regular season just to get in the playoffs. But it's a case study, again, of just get in the door, and then all bets are off. Well, everybody starts the playoffs, I know. They so do, and, and, and some teams at that point in time feel like they're on house money. And you see a lot of four seeds upset one seeds in the playoffs, which is kind of unusual to think about, but it does happen. So if you're a four or five and you have to go to that one, maybe the lightning in the bottle that night. And, and when Travis Collier took over the Fort Mill program, uh, the Jackets pretty much dominated Clover uh, for four years, but the Blue Eagles have now won six straight in the series and seven of the last nine against Fort Mill. So uh, been a really long time since since you've heard people say that. So that's the situation in baseball. We're going to turn over and talk about the gentleman to my left. We're going to talk about uh, his young ladies. We're going to switch to softball and the Catawba Ridge Copperheads who have revenge on the mind and it's best served cold, if I understand correctly, as the old saying goes. Uh, Coach Kidd, you've got the Clover Blue Eagles, who are going to be the Region 3-5A champions, against, and the Lexington Wildcats, who I believe are going to be the Region 4-5A champs. Your Region 3-4A champs, congratulations on that. Thank you. By the way, uh, you are the defending upper state champs until somebody takes your crown. Um, so I'm really interested to see what your young ladies do this week, just staring at it. Because you look at who you've played. People go, oh, the 17-3-1, who have they played? They played Wando. Twice, right? And right. boat raced them twice, um, and so you look at the other. You beat Northwestern twenty to two. That's correct. So, and and I'm not dogging Northwestern. It's a respectable program, but that's just how stinking good your Copperheads are. Well, you're right. We have played uh, some good competition, um, and and I owe a lot of that to Blue Baker. He's he's put together a great schedule for us. Early in the season, we got a chance to go to Lexington and see. Lexington, who is number one in the state, um, has only lost one game, and that was uh, to Hanahan or something, and, and anybody's beatable in softball these days. But uh, they're a very good team. Um, 
Mac and I joke uh, about it being a tie with them the last time we played them, but we we all know the true story there. Um, what happened? Uh, the, we didn't get our last at bat. They got more at bats. Uh, we should have gotten that uh, last at bat, and I think it would have been a different story. But we're going we're gonna to get uh, get the scheduling right this Wednesday, take care of business if the rain holds out, uh, get to see Clover again. Uh, that's how our schedule was set up early in the season, seeing South Florence, who is supposed to be the lower state team to watch this year, got to play them, playing Somerville, uh, playing Burns, uh with Lexington, Clover. I mean, these are top five teams in the state overall, not just 5A. But um, but I think we can hold our own with any of those teams. Uh, just like last year, I mean, we beat Fort Mill twice. They win a state championship. We were as good as any 5A school last year, and I think we are this year too. Um, and that just comes down to the hard work these girls are doing, the accountability that we hold over them. They are answering uh, to whatever we ask them to do, and 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 it's it's showing on the scoreboard right now. But you just said three schools' names: the Burns Rebels, the Fort Mill Yellow Jackets, and the Lexington Wildcats. Those are the, I think, the last seven or eight years. Those have been the state champions in five A. That's correct. And you're in four A. Right. Yep. I think it, when y'all are done with four A, you want to skip over to five A and <laughs> yeah, take that sounds, title too. Yeah, and that, just say that, we'll take both of them. Thank you very much. Yeah. Put it in the cabinet. Well, they'll probably be five A at least by twenty six. Well, yes. it, it, it's I, if not twenty four. It's it's absolutely head turning what y'all been able to do. And I go back to before the season started, and I ran into to Blue, and then I've had some text conversations with mm-hmm. Billy. Um, and that's the thing you've got. Those are two great assistant coaches. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, and Billy I, and Blue really are two, and they're two great guys. That's the thing. Um, I don't want to give Blue too much credit. I don't I want to keep him humble a little <laughs> bit. But he's an outstanding hitting coach, but ran into him, and basically what he said was is he said, no disrespect to last year's team. They were uber talented and that sort of thing, but this year's team just seems to be a little bit different. Yeah, they are different. Way. They're different, and, and I think it's just from being battle-tested, playing in these – hostile environments playing in these big stadiums and uh and going down there and holding our own i mean we got beat uh we got beat a few times put a bad taste in our mouth uh and it's done a lot for these girls they worked harder over the summer worked hard in the fall um but getting back to blue and billy um before i accepted the job at catawba ridge they were the first two that i called and said before i accept this are you two in um because i know that i couldn't do it without them uh they're both uh, a huge part of, of what our program is and uh, what our, our girls hear uh, from each of us is always consistent, always the same. And I know what they're thinking. They know what I'm thinking. I show up at a game. They hand me a lineup card. They already know what the lineup is going to be. Uh, Blue and I can look across the field. We give very few signs. We know what we're doing. Uh, we've done it together for a long time. Uh, we did it at Fort Mill when Blue and I were here with Coach uh, Stegall. Uh, we were here a couple years, and then Blue and I went to Nation Ford for 10 years together. Um, coached a lot of travel ball together, so um, it's just clicked over the years, and uh, it's, it's still clicking, and I hope that we'll get a few more years out of that. Now, your state championship at Nation Ford, was that the first state title? It was it, – Well, they were, it was 3A for, that year, I guess. 3A, yeah. It was for um, – yeah. Obviously for softball, yeah, but they had won in boy swimming. 
they had won in I mean, volleyball. Yeah, for softball. For softball, softball. yeah. It was yeah, it was twenty eleven. Yep. Right. And I think people forget Coach Michael Kidd was the head coach of that right. that Falcon yep. Right. Squad. And mm-hmm. and so I mean having all this tell us a little bit. You're a Fort Mill native. I am. And and so you grew up you went obviously so did I when when there was only one high school here. So That's right, yeah. You only had one option. So you went to Fort Mill, played baseball, played football. Tell us a little bit about how softball came into your life and how you got involved in, in that and how all okay. that took off. Yeah, I um I did. I, I grew up in Fort Mill, went to the old Fort Mill High School. I did come here uh, to finish out the last two years. Uh, uh, married my high school sweetheart, and that's what eventually having kids, having two girls, uh, turned me into the softball world, as you know. Your dad hired me to come in and coach Legion baseball for a while. Mm-hmm. I was coached by your dad in high school uh, and coached Legion baseball. I was a baseball guy. That's all I'd ever done until I had daughters. And that uh, switched me over to a faster game and um, and fell in love with it. Started coaching at a, at a travel uh, level, some 10U kids, some 12U kids, and uh, didn't think about anything at the time. Uh, but those travel teams that I had – were primarily made up of Fort Mill kids. And when I was here at Fort Mill coaching softball with Chuck, they asked me to come to Nation Ford. And the way the lines were drawn, I got every single kid that was on those travel teams that I'd been coaching for years came to Nation Ford. So we just hit the ground running. We had no break-in period. We just rolled uh, rolled in there uh, quickly, got a state championship, and uh, – and went deep each year. Um, we won a lot of games over the 10-year time that I was there uh, with the talent that just was coming through Fort Mill. And I really thought the split was going to hurt us again having a third high school. But um, the young talent in this area is just uh, amazing right now, and it's, it's helping all the schools. So you were at NAFO for a decade. Right. And then surprisingly, on top of everything, you – retire so to speak step down yes and went into the if i'm not mistaken the cattle business i did uh i uh at the time i was working for duke power and uh i kind of took an early retirement there was still coaching softball and uh and my wife and i bought an old dairy farm down in great falls area and decided that uh i wanted to have cattle i never done it didn't know anything about it and uh I'm not going to talk about it being a mistake or not right now, but um, I've got plenty of beef in the freezer. I'll say that. But uh, I've gotten into the cattle business. I enjoy that. It's it's a full-time job in itself, um, but uh, so is softball. And, mm-hmm. and, and I did. I got out of Nation Ford. Um, I got out, thought I was done with softball. I was going to focus. We were going to at some point build a house down there on this land. And Winthrop calls. Coach Cook calls and says, I need an assistant coach at the college level and I said well maybe I haven't learned enough softball or had enough softball in my life so I go and do this and I was grateful for that it gave me some great opportunities I learned a, a lot about uh, the game at a different level and uh, when they called me to to come and help at Catawba Ridge I, I felt like I had some of that that I wanted to bring back into the high school and like I said if I could get the coaching staff in place uh, we were going to try to come in and uh, creating a new school and having new new talent is not new to us since we did that through Nation Ford. So coming into Catawba Ridge 
we didn't know what to expect. Um, we knew we had a few ball players at the time. I'd been out for a year doing the college scene of, of 50 plus games, and I didn't have any time to watch any high school games, so I didn't know a lot of these kids. But um, got a lot of them when they were young. We'd come in in the COVID year, being our first year, um, and it was uh, it it really has set us back in a lot of ways because you know, like y'all talked last week on the podcast, having these young kids and developing them. We didn't have that opportunity. They didn't get that year, um, and we couldn't get on the field and practice, couldn't play the games. But coming back the following season, we come in, win 23 games that year. Um, season after that, win 26 games, uh, get into the state championship. So uh, this year I'm looking for, uh, for a few more wins than I had last year. Do you think it helped starting at CR – starting a program from scratch when you'd already – I mean, you'd already done it at NAFO. That's so yep. kind of following the same blueprint, do you it feel was, like that helped? I, it helped, definitely. Um, it was uh, something that going in, just the the things off the field, having to set up and knowing what we needed, um, it was all the way down to us uh, having to pick the equipment, the uniforms, and going through that process, we've done it before, and it, it, it made it – a lot easier, which didn't take time away from the coaching part of it. So, um, we've we've done well uh, getting in and transitioning and getting these kids in. All the parents uh, knowing what our history had been and, and knowing what we had done, they 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 believe in what we're doing with their with their kids. And I think the girls are buying into uh, what we could possibly do this year. So that's why I think it's going to be a good season for us. If if I were to ask you to look into your crystal ball, do you think the demons of Lugolf Elgin are going to be one of the – they're going to be in your way? The, at some point, they're going to get in our way, yep. Um, they're uh, – we've already seen them this year. Uh, luckily, uh, Blue got us in the tournament knowing that we had the possibility of seeing them. We did. We beat them uh, two to nothing, uh, pretty close game. Uh, they're a scrappy team, uh, exactly – the type team that we are, um, very uh, fast on the bases, very aggressive on the bases. They small ball well. We're going to see them, um, uh, and I think the results are going to be a little different this time. And I bring them up because you made the upper state championship game a couple years ago, and it was the Demons yep. uh, that, that beat Catawba Ridge, and then Lugolf Elgin went on to win the state championship that year. So uh, where I'm going with that is turnabout's fair play. Absolutely. It is. And they were the better team at the time. Um, they uh, they come to us first. We beat them at home that first game. And then they take uh, one at their place, and then we play at a neutral site, which at, at that time wasn't so neutral. It was pretty much in their backyard, which was fine. We have to play through that. Um, uh, we, we gave them a better third game than we did a second game, but uh, – they were a little more prepared than our girls were. Our girls haven't seen uh, the crowds of that type, haven't seen the what goes on in that environment. It's a tough environment. And I told them that night uh, when we walked out of there that we would be better because of it. And at that time, we didn't graduate anyone. We were coming up with, with well, we had Janelle that was going to graduate, but uh, she already knew what it took to play at that level. And a lot of these other girls, they grew up a lot that night, and that's what, that's what we look for in every game that we play. Uh, we're going to win or we're going to learn. That's what's going to happen with, with our program. I'll go back to that game, and, and I, if it's okay, I'd like to, to ask you about the, the softball family. And what I mean by that is 
that upper state championship game, it wasn't just Catawba Ridge fans that were there. Coach Stegall was there. Yes, um, it was. A lot of other softball coaches were there. A lot of people from the town of Fort Mill, even though they wear blue and gold or red and black, were there. Absolutely. And, and, yep. and literally and spiritually and just emotionally rooting on Catawba Ridge to beat Lugolf Elgin that day. It, it didn't work out. But I, I wonder, did y'all feel the town – Support oh yeah, you that night. Yeah, we definitely felt it that night, and we felt it this past year. Um, getting into the state championship game and the games prior to that, you'd look out and you would see your crosstown rivals, uh, Craig. You would see Chuck. You would see even the JV programs, the coaches that they had. They're attending our games, and and we know what side they're on. Uh, even though we're crosstown, they were with us. Just like we watched Chuck win state championship. I was uh, blue, and I were. Some of the first people on the field to uh, give Chuck a hug because we we knew how much it meant to him. So it's it's crosstown rivals, but it, the, the the same thing is we're here for the girls. We all know that. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, just like today, I'm hit it. I hit with kid from Indian Land. I hit with a kid from South Point. Blue hits with kids from Clover, from Nafo, from Fort Mill. We. It's about the it's about the girls. It's about the community. It's not about the colors all the time. Um, I say that, but when we're on the field against them, I can I can tell you what my intentions are, and uh, and it's it's to be a good sportsman. But we're going to play our game. You got bad intentions. I do have bad <laughs> intentions. I, uh, unfortunately, we do. Uh, and and that's that's the mindset that, that that we teach our girls to have. That we're we're out here. The only team that's going to get in our way is our own selves. Um, we're we're not going to let anybody else take up any space in our head. We're going to go out, play our game, um, and if we come out playing our game the way we play it and we get beat, so be it. But uh, at this point, I think our girls are, are prepared. They're ready. They're staying sharp. I'm really, really glad to get the game with Lexington scheduled. Uh, we dropped that. NAFO backed out of playing us this week. We had that scheduled to play NAFO and Clover right before playoffs, so we would have two quality teams to play. And I know NAFO has gotten better, so I really hate we didn't get the opportunity to play them. But we got to fill the schedule with Lexington. Uh, that, that was a godsend to us. Um, getting to play Clover, we had to go to the high school league and get that approved to play them after the season. Uh, we're playing them on Monday, start playoffs on Tuesday. So um, we knew we had to have games to stay sharp or knock the rust off, whatever we needed to do. But um, I just hope we can get those in. You can't practice for a week and a half after you've played 20-plus games this year. It's, it, you just can't get any more out of them at that point. So uh, we need the game. But you, that softball family, though, it's it's a pretty tight-knit group. It's, yes. And, and they've, you look at the number of young ladies' lives that they've touched and the success those young ladies have gone on and had yep. uh, later on in life, that's got to fill your heart. It does, and it's a big reason why I do what I do. It's I've met the most outstanding people in the softball world um, or, or just coaching at the high school level. Uh, like I told you earlier, coming to the Fort Mill baseball games, going to Catawba Ridge baseball games, there there's still community. There's still parents. We're still supporting uh, folks uh, across the way, and, and we feel it on our side, and, and I encourage our players to go and watch these games too and, and be a part of their journey and see and learn and uh, – and there are. There's kids, uh, Maddie D, down at uh, Upstate right now doing her thing. We couldn't be more proud. She wasn't on my team, but she's a Fort Mill kid. And, and, and to see that, those are the things that bring this community closer than I think a lot of those 
85 corridor teams, uh, they're out for blood. They don't support each other the way that we do here in the mill town. And that's, uh, that's a lot to be said that we can put down our differences, support whoever at that time is moving forward or progressing. Um, and, and we will, we'll help any way we can to make sure that mill town is successful. And, and I'll say this, there, there was, there were a couple of times where people would go through the lineup and they'd get to Janelle's name and they would say Janelle and they went, they'd look at that last name and you could hear about 200 people go Alakwa all yes. at the same time and not all Catawba Ridge fans, but that's how well known she was yes. because of how good of a player she was, obviously, but because softball is such a big deal in this town and, and really proud of that. Uh, we do wax poetic a lot about baseball in this town, but we should really talk more about softball in this town as well, honestly. Well, I think I think talking about both of them is, is a huge part of what Fort Mill is. And um, we see it at the JV levels. Um, we see it at the varsity levels for both baseball, softball. Uh, but a lot of people don't – they don't come to Fort Mill when they move in and understand what it's about. I had a new kid move in this year, um, and I don't think she was – understanding what Fort Mill was about in, in the totality of all the teams and, and what it meant to be Fort Mill and girls saying, hey, let's go across and watch Fort Mill baseball or let's go across and watch Nation Forward play uh, softball against an, another program. I think it was mind-blowing to them at some point that, that our girls are that involved. And 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 Chuck and Craig, they'll, they'll tell you, they have girls that after ball games – our meeting at the plate, shaking of hands, it, it turns into uh, uh, us hugging and, and high-fiving and giving somebody some uh, some accolades or whatever they've deserved that game. And uh, it's, it's not the bitter rivalry that everyone wants, but it, it's when we're on the field, we do what we got to do, but off the field, we're one big community. Yeah, a ton of respect all the way around. And, and, and speaking of Craig, and you look at uh, Nation Ford and you look at Fort Mill softball, um, where they are in the standings and really and truly how young Craig Brown's team is. Fort Mill basically had to hit reset after eight starters uh, graduated. But you look at both of those teams, They, I think the Falcons are now seven and eight on the season. They're, they're itching back to 500. They've got a plus 500 record in region play. Fort Mill, I think, is 13 and five is right there as well. And you look up at the Clover Blue Eagles, who will probably be the region champions. At, at this point in time, I think Rock Hill's at the bottom, I believe. Uh, but Fort Mill and Nation Forward, they're going to go to the playoffs. And that's pretty dang impressive considering the fact that they had to, quote-unquote, rebuild. It's almost like they didn't rebuild. They just reloaded in some yeah. ways. I, I think they did. And, and I'm gonna, it's something not a lot of people talk about are the JV programs and uh, and what each one of these high schools they have. You know, I have Ron Troll. Uh, he and Randy McCurry helping our JV program, and uh, in my opinion, Ron is one of the finest coaches in, in in the area. His daughter played at Virginia Tech. I coached her in high school, um, Darby Troll, and having Ron develop these young kids to to feed the varsity program, they don't get the accolades they need. Um, just like Mike at nation forward he he is working hard with that program i know what he does we talk about these things because his stepdaughter plays on catawba ridge so he's in a lot of our games he's doing a fine job at, at nation forward so i think the credit for these teams reloading as you were saying is these 
JV coaches coming in and doing a great job in preparing these girls for that varsity level. At the JV level, do you find that is most of the work teaching them the game or is it the mentality part of it that, that really plays into it? I, I think it's, it's both. Um, the Teaching them the game, uh, the technical aspect of the game, uh, that's a given. If that happens even at the varsity level. We still have to do a lot of that. The mental part of the game is the toughest part to teach. And um, they are teaching that. They're working with that. But I think at that age, I mean, they're seventh and eighth graders. They're, they just want to get out there and hit a ball, run, catch a ball, throw. Um, they're not thinking about owning the box. They're not thinking about uh, taking two bases when they leave the box. They're not thinking about being aggressive on the ball in the dirt. Uh, they don't think about those things. They're just not mentally ready for that. But some of the travel programs are helping these girls get a little more acclimated to the pace of the game. Um, and uh, we always tell girls when we bring them up from JV to varsity, the game's going to play a little quicker. It's going to be a little faster. You might want to take one step less off the bag than what you normally do. Uh, better arms, they're quicker. They're going to be thinking about this quick more quickly than you are. So you've got to be one step ahead of them. Uh, but you're right. They they got to they got to have it at both levels mentally and the technical aspect of it. It's, it's a hard job. It most certainly is. And 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 you're right. We should talk about. Uh, the JV programs more than we do. And and you look at the JV programs at the three high schools um, in softball, and they are doing a great job. You look at the JV programs in baseball in this town, they're doing fine jobs as well. You look at what Coach Sims is doing. Um, you look at what uh, what Coach Hamilton Bennett's doing at Fort Mill, and you look at what Nation Ford is doing, and there's talent there. And it's getting those players better. But, but I'll say this is – when you put your coach's hat on, getting that that bulldog mentality and getting, for all intents and purposes, you're getting 14-year-olds, 13-year-olds, some cases younger than that, to have that bulldog mentality. But you have to define it. Um, and I think one thing that's different nowadays is in the past, a coach would say, do this, and you just did it. Nowadays, the, the players want to know why. Exactly, and, and you explain to them why because it's strategic, and then once they understand it, then they're all in. Oh yeah, it is, and and it's visual for them at that point. They they have to see it, they have to understand it, um, and and I think that's what I love about the high school league allowing uh, these tweeners, as we call them, for some girls to play uh, JV games and play varsity games. So whether they come up and play or not, they're in the dugout. They're seeing and hearing the expectations, the accountability that these varsity girls have. Um, and they they sit back and watch us tell these players uh, what they need to hear, not necessarily what they want to hear. And uh, I think at the JV level, they want to hear something different than what they maybe get sometimes. But being up there watching these varsity girls perform and do their thing and how they do it mentally, it, it prepares them as they as – they, move on into the varsity level or if they decide to move on to something else or another sport, I think it, it benefits them seeing it, understanding it, hearing it. It's about that visual aspect. Yeah, 100%. And, um, again, that's why we have special guests on the podcast. I learned something. I think we've all, we all can say that, and I hope the listeners do as well because it's just very insightful, um, the, not only what you're saying but how you're saying it. Right, and, and helping folks just understand 
there's a lot more to it than just okay on, on this play you got to do this over here and it, yeah. it, it's a way it's way 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 more complicated than that for sure um i'm out of questions for him do y'all keith no, I, I, I'm out of questions also, but I'll, I also want to go back to the fact that, you know, all the three teams, all the three high schools, we support each other. And going back to, say, Greenville or Spartanburg or whatever, I mean, the success overall with the baseball and softball programs in this town, it, it, it rivals any of the other metro areas in this state by a long shot, if you ask me, because yeah. – all three teams are going to go to the playoffs, you know, in, in softball and baseball. And I don't think you can say that about a whole lot of these uh, other cities in, in South Carolina. I, w I will say this. I had – we stopped at a restaurant um, after a game, after a tournament, and the waitress, she was just trying to make small talk and that sort of thing. And She didn't know where Fort Mill was. We told her where Fort Mill was. She goes, oh, so you're basically Charlotte. And half our team went, no – no, we are not. not. Close, um, that is not. I, I think sometimes that uh, that label gets put on us, and very quickly, kind of defensively, almost to say, "Hey, no, 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 no. We are South Carolina proud. We are Fort Mill proud. We're York County proud. We're not part of Charlotte, and we're proud of that. Um, and that's no disrespect to Charlotte. It's just we ain't Charlotte. Exactly. Nice, nice English language there. We ain't Charlotte. Oh, says you. Says, that's me. Yeah. So who um, supposedly can write. Supposedly, yeah, well, I can string it together occasionally. But I don't, <laughs> know, if, I don't know if we're still talking about writing. Um, but going back to, like, some of your players, how important is it you guys have players that seem to, at an early age, at an early varsity level age, like an Audrey Wilson, who just, if you watch her play, just jumps off you know, jumps out and stands out, mm -hmm. you know, Janelle Lockwell, people like that. I mean, tell me a little bit about what do you think separates them from, from kind of the, the other, and do you expect more from them because they're so talented, because they're D1 players? You know, Janelle um, is playing at University of Michigan. Right. And if I'm not mistaken, I heard that she was up for freshman of the year for like the entire school like athletics and i mean for a place that's as big as university of michigan is i mean it's basically a city in and of itself so i yeah, mean she got the softball rookie of the year at michigan um which is well deserved i mean she went up there as a freshman and worked her way in the lineup and at, at michigan that's that's saying something yeah so i mean just your thoughts on on i mean do you do you expect more out of out of those type of players yes Yes, I, the, the accountability is definitely higher, um, and they know that. We, I sit down with each one of the players before the season starts, tell them what their goals uh, need to be for that year, what we're looking at. They talk to me about what they would like to see more of or less of, and we put them in a position. If we're not coaching them as a college athlete at the high school level, when they get to college, it's going to blow their mind. Um, and I tell the girls that. They know that we are tougher on them if you – see me giving you a hard time, then I'm holding you accountable. And if I'm holding you accountable, that means that you mean something to me um, or that you're in a position to succeed further. And 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 they like that. Um, and i tell you, there, there's a lot of people that say, you know, Catawba Ridge, uh, Fort Mill, all that, we're, we're just talented. They're talented. And, and I like that. It sounds good. They are talented. But what they don't know, a lot of people don't know, especially for my girls, 
they're in the weight room in the mornings, 7 a.m. They lift from 7 a.m. during season to 8 a.m. Uh, Coach Shane, he's done a, an amazing job with our girls getting them the strength they need. It provides the confidence they need. Uh, so they come out. I think that's what's separating them from others because they're willing to put that 7 a.m. workout in. I think I think that's a big benefit for for Catawba Ridge to have Shane, the the yeah. strength and conditioning coach for you know all sports. Because, for example, I was at a Catawba Ridge girls soccer game the other day, and they were playing Indian Land. Well, literally, Indian Land players are running into other Catawba Ridge players and just bouncing off and falling over. Right, yeah. And there was like three injury stoppages and stuff like right. that where. And I mean, it was so you can tell the strength and conditioning that that you guys have and the workouts and everything are are, are working. And it's, well, it is. There's no it's, doubt. You know, it's you guys in a lot of ways are heads and above heads and shoulders above other four A programs. Absolutely, and we don't take that for granted. We know what he's doing for our program and. It's not just getting stronger. It's just not being that kid that people bounce off of. It's helping prevent injuries. Um, and I think, uh, knock on wood, we're the healthiest we've been in years. Um, and I contribute a lot of it to that. But um, try to get a teenager out of bed at 6.30 in the morning and say, let's go lift weights. Um, and they do. And I'm going to tell you, I never get the feedback from them. Uh, they go. We show up as a team. They lift as a team. I don't have to stop in. I will occasionally, but I don't have to stop in because he's got it taken care of. He holds them accountable the same way we do. But not only that, he shows up to the games and supports these girls. Um, he He's all in, just like we ask our girls to be all in. So that that's a huge part of what the Catawbridge program is about. It's not just Michael Kidd or Blue Baker or Billy Henson. It's – uh, our athletic director, it's our strength conditioning coach, it's our trainers. It's just uh, people don't know what goes on behind the scenes, just like it will be over here. Everybody contributes in their own way, and they do things the way they should do, and it makes for a successful program. Um, and it's unfortunate that only some people get the credit for that. If you have parents of young lady who's five, six, seven, eight years old, what would you say to them if their daughter shows an interest in softball? Where do they start? What's the best way? What's the most effective and efficient way for those young ladies to get involved in the sport and get on that upward trajectory? Well, I think getting them involved in any way uh, with a softball bat, glove, uh, whether it's in a rec league, a travel league, um, letting them see the sport, watch the sport, being a steward of the sport at that age um, will really, really help them. We do a lot of uh, workouts with young kids, uh, maybe not quite that young, but just a little older. Um, we have uh, the young eight, nine-year-olds that will come to our games. We'll let them in free. We'll uh, introduce them on the lineup uh, with our girls, let them be in the dugout for a couple of innings, um, getting them bought into the softball and see the fun part of it because softball is a game of failure, and kids can't sit back and, and, and take that all the time. They have to see the fun side of it. So we're trying to introduce them at that age to the fun side of the game. Uh, and and you're going to weed out the players that are more interested and more dedicated as the years go. But um, getting involved in the community, the rec programs, Fort Mill used to have a lot more than they do now. But 
Uh, there's plenty of travel teams that I think I would say get involved with, get involved with uh, individual lessons with some coaches in this area. I think they all could provide some help for them and uh, continue to grow this community from the ground up. So we're going to shift gears a little. We're going to shift gears a little bit here and talk about uh, lacrosse, um, another sport that's growing leaps and bounds. Uh, especially in the south, especially in this town. Um, not one school in the upper state finals, but two schools in the upper state finals. We'll start with the Yellow Jackets. Lydia Laney continues to set records, and the Fort Mill Lady Jackets continue to just pound on people and pound on people, and now they're going to play for the upper state championship this week against uh, the JL Man Patriots, who have a long history in this sport. Yeah, um, that match is on Monday, the 24th, so that should be a good match. Jail Man comes to Fort Mill. Uh, speaking of, Lydia Laney uh, broke the school record, set a new one. She's got 202 career goals in roughly three, four years of um, playing here, which, if you look at it, she had really a COVID year during that. And for her to still be able to break the record, I think maybe they played four games that COVID year before everything got shut down because because normally if I'm if I'm doing the math right, which there again it's math, so I'll it take could, that bet. Yeah, well, me too. You know, but twenty three, twenty two, twenty one, twenty, so somewhere in there, you know, she had the COVID year, everything got shut down. She could she could probably be close to two fifty had had they played a full schedule, which is kind of amazing that she still got to the 200 mark given the fact that, you know, like I said, they maybe played a handful of games because they start usually two weeks before everything else. So they have um, Jail Man and then Nation Ford Boys Lacrosse, uh, who pretty much destroyed Dorman, has to go to Jail Man on uh, Tuesday the 25th. And that should be a little bit tougher. Both of those games matches should be uh, pretty tough um i definitely see uh nation ford coming out and playing next saturday for a state championship they've uh they've been extremely impressive um to have dorman come in to the fort mill area play nation ford and really just lay an egg i mean nation ford had them at 17 to 3 heading into the fourth quarter and they pulled all their starters, and, and Dorman scored five to make it look a little bit closer than it was. But for them, they're they're firing on all cylinders now, and uh, they look incredibly tough. Um, Owen and Josh Mayo, uh, they they have really stepped up for Nation Four Lacrosse and uh, putting on a show. I mean, it's it's very impressive. Well, Josh Mayo, I was looking at the matchup uh, between them and Jail Man on Max Preps. I think he has somewhere in the neighborhood of 72 goals this season. And the leading scorer for Jail Man, I think, was somewhere around 36. So, And we know how good Jail Man is at lacrosse. And so to have a guy like Josh Mayo, and, and I'm sure that, that Owen's pretty close behind him in goal scoring. But, um, yeah, impressive season by the Mayo brothers for sure. So there could be a, another it state could, championship. Yeah, and I mean it could be two. it could be a, a Fort Mill area doubleheader down in at Irmo 
on uh, next Saturday the 29th. Um, so let's hope for that. They do have one issue. Uh, Nation Ford's prom is next Saturday night, and the 5A Boys State Championship is Saturday night. So I don't, I don't know what, you know, it's not like they're not going to go and play because of the prom, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if and I doubt this will happen if the high school league lets it, but if some games get switched around to earlier in the day versus – don't count on it. I, I, yeah, I said I doubt it'll happen because, you know, high school league sets of stuff, they don't really care if it's your prom or you're getting your wisdom teeth pulled. So, you know, it doesn't matter to them. It is it is what it is. And so, and that's unfortunate we'll because prom and, and Fort Mill just had their prom. Um, I think sometimes we have to remember that's all part of the high school experience. That's all part of what these young men and women um, it, it's part of something they'll remember. I remember my prom, um, both proms I went to, um, and that was back in the day where you had to be a senior, but I was dating somebody at another school that was a senior, and their prom was a different week than mine, so you get to go to two. Now it's a junior-senior prom, but heck, I saw pictures. There were sophomores going to that thing, and it's, it's but it's, it has such an importance because it is such a, you're making memories. There were moments in time that, that are special. You're not going to get them back. And and I think that's a real shame, honestly. I feel bad for those young men because they're having to make a decision. They're having to make a choice. And, and they're going to miss out on something. Um, and that's just I, – I think it stinks. I get it. But well, I feel bad stinks. for their dates, not necessarily them. I mean, if you're playing for a state championship, sorry, but that's that's got to be your priority. Sorry, girlfriend, you got to, you know, there'll be other times. So I tell you what, instead of a prom, we're going to have the entire school line the hallway and you can walk through them as state champions. That's your prom. There you go. Think that work? I think Mr. Chandler would be game for that over at Nation 4? I don't know. Let's let's ask ask Mr. Beam at Fort Mill if he let the Lady Jackets do that. Although if you do that at Fort Mill High School, you're going to be a little winded because it is a big school. It's a long hallway, yeah. To get from one end to the other. And then soccer-wise, coming up this week, uh, Fort Mill and Nation Ford boys are basically playing for the region championship down here at the Bob. Um, that will be on Tuesday the 25th. They're both sitting, well, Catawba Ridge is 7-2, and 6-2, and, and Fort Mill's in that same area, 6-2, and 7-2, somewhere in there. So they're playing for the region championship, and then Fort Mill's got one more game against soccer wise against Rock Hill, which shouldn't be an issue. So they should win that. Um, so basically, your region soccer championship will be decided this week between two of the local teams, and that's boys, right? Because boys, because the, the girls, yeah. I think Clover. Clover's pretty much locked that up. Uh, Nation Four secured fourth. For the playoffs, Fort Mill should be in there. They're, I think, second or third. So, um, you know, Fort Mill still has to play Spring Valley this week for girls. And then Catawba Ridge, uh, they've got some games um, against Fort Mill. Fort Mill and Catawba Ridge play tomorrow night. And, uh, you know, they've pretty much locked up everything. Catawba Ridge girls have to play york this week and they should win that pretty handily and if they do which they should 
uh, them and Indyland will be tied. Will be co-region champions. It'll both be nine and one because they both beat each other head to head. But um, then it'll go to like you know tiebreaker that type of thing as far as whoever gets the number one seed. So we're gonna do what Keith Cook hates the most. We're gonna flip a coin. We're gonna leave it to chance. Greg Chance. Oh no! Don't no 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 no. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> I was on the air that. the other night at Clover. He walked into the press box. Should have locked the door. And and he sat down on the. If you've ever been in Clover's press box, they have a full size sofa up there. It's very well, nice. you got it's in the press platform. box. I sat on the bench. You Coach Bailey Jackson, the athletic director of Clover, and I, and I'm going to tip my hat to him. You go back to 2017. The first game I ever did was March 22nd, 2017, at Clover. And he was more than gracious. He's he's never said no. He's always said anytime, uh, come on down. Um, coach Wofford, uh, the head baseball coach, said absolutely. I was up there with Biscuit's dad, uh, Eddie. Um, there was uh, Chiz's dad was up there. Uh, Red Cox's son is the public address announcer uh, for the Blue Eagles. So um, I was pretty much like the Sesame Street skit there. But one of these things just doesn't Did belong here. Did you say here. Red Cox or Red Fox? Yes. Okay. And so, so I'm coming to join you, Elizabeth. We're in the we're in the middle of this game, right? All of a sudden, the door swings open, and it's the press box doors swing open. It's just as a broadcaster, you actually just tune it out, uh, kind of like Coach Kid was talking about. You just block out all the fans and the noise and everything. As a broadcaster, literally, you just become immune to it. You you focus on what you're doing, and all of a sudden, there's just this tap on the shoulder. It's Greg Chance, who's the head umpire, the head of the umpires in this area, and. Uh, that might freak some people out. I loved it because it gives an opportunity to ask questions, and he will actually answer them. He'll tell you, in this situation, you're looking for that, you're looking for this. There was a play on the field where it was interference on the catcher, and he called it before the home plate umpire did about a second and a half before he did. He goes, that's interference, and then the home plate umpire rips his mask off and says, that's an interference, that's a double play. So you can tell how invested he is um, and talking about the lower levels, he said at middle school baseball level, the two best teams, two of the best teams he's seen all year or heard about is Indian Land and Gold Hill. So so take that for what it's worth. But this is a guy who puts all these uh, gentlemen together who ump all these games, and, and he was there. And um, Of course, I picked his brain a little bit, but that was actually pretty cool because uh, normally when I see him, he's in an umpire outfit and he's – you know, 100 feet from me because he's doing his job and I'm doing mine. But um, and, and sometimes I think it gets lost of how hard that job really is. Um, I'll share this with you. At the College of Charleston, there was a home plate umpire, and he was bang on for nine innings. I think he might have missed two calls, maybe three at the most. And he saw, by my count, he saw well over 200 pitches. And he was that good. And as they were walking off to go to their locker room, I just walked beside him and I said, uh, hey, hey, um, great job, right? And he never even turned around, but the the crew chief turned and looked at me and, and he kind of looked at me cross a little bit and I said, hey, yeah, y'all were y'all were perfect today. That's about as good as it gets. And he saw the look in my eyes and he said, appreciate that. He said, we don't hear that well, I'm sure hardly at all. Probably don't hear it and it's like often. they probably should hear it more often because um, it is a tough with, – there is a human element to it. But to me, that's what makes part of the game a little more interesting because there is the human out. They're not robots. They're going to get calls wrong. Um, coaches get players thrown out at home plate 
coming around third. Um, you can blame that on Blue, I think. Uh, yeah, that's definitely his fault. That's a that's a Blue Baker issue. Mm. That's not a Michael Kidd issue, but um, but but seriously, it, it is. And and I just found that very very interesting that he actually will drive around. He's not just there watching the umpires. He's paying attention to the players on each team, what the coaches are doing, and trying to learn the game. Even though he's a, he's an older gentleman and has seen it. He's forgotten more baseball than I've ever learned, but he's still there trying to learn. I just find that very fascinating because he's the the chief umpire. Well, he's retired from like a normal nine-to-five job, so like umpiring is, you know, he gets retirement and stuff like that, but umpiring has become, I don't want to say a second career because he's been doing it forever, but it's like he, he can invest more time in it now. So, yeah. So we'll be seeing a lot of him during the playoffs and – Stuff like that, so I'm sure, especially when they start going to three man crews, and, and I think even in softball they go to to three person. They will for uh, the crews. playoffs, yeah, yeah, for the playoffs. So and they'll be, tell you, they'll tell you, their job is to come in there and leave without you even knowing they were there. And if if they can do that, and you don't have any questions or know who they were or or what they've done, they've done a good job on the field that night. And and then walking out of Clover, uh, speaking, they they played the Burns Rebels that night. I think Clover beat them three nothing. I think it was the final score of that game and who in the heck was walking out as the home plate umpire brown simpson yeah actually burns come back and scored five. Oh, they did come okay. back and scored five beat on five to three um but brown was behind the plate i watched it on eagle eye radio and uh brown did a good job brown always does a good job and he wants all of his guys to do a good job as well yeah absolutely and i went up and and uh, shook his hand and said hello because he's part of the WRHI, the OTS Sports Network for high school football, and um, great guy, just an overall Absolutely, great yep. dude. And he does put his best foot forward um, when he goes out there, and he'll tell you we get we get a lot of them right, we'll get a few of them wrong. That's just the way it is. So, um, but next time you're at a sporting event, just think about that for a little bit, and maybe if an umpire does a good job. Just reinforce that they did a good job. Just let them know about it. Instead of just screaming and yelling and hollering because they missed a pitch that was half a ball off the outside corner. Which at least, you know, we can't do that up in the booth. So we, um, well, we, we could, can. But it's a hashtag nobody cares. Right. Because you can't hear it, you know. So, um, But, yeah, lots more uh, athletic events going on this week. It's getting down to crunch time. A couple of upper state championships will be handed out early this week, and then we'll have state championships on Saturday like Mike talked about, Michael Kidd's group, they've got a couple of tough games. Uh, Fort Mill baseball and Nation Ford baseball, um, some tough games. Catawba Ridge has got to finish strong before they go into the playoffs. So a lot to talk about uh, going into next week. If you're on the Apple Podcast, leave us a review. If you're on Facebook, if you're on Twitter, uh, leave us a review. If you want to be on, reach out to us. We'd love to have you. Uh, you don't necessarily have to be a coach or a player. Uh, whatever you want to talk about. Uh, sports in this town we'll talk about it and cover it for sure um, and hopefully next week we'll be able to talk about a couple of teams that have a, a state championship in their back pocket and then maybe in a couple in a few more weeks we'll talk about another team that happens to wear green and gold maybe bringing home a state title in that. one particular sport uh, hint hint nod nod so uh, if you have any questions for us or concerns please let us know we're easy to find we're easy to get in touch with and we will write you back um it just might take us a minute or or 12, uh, but we will get back to you. Guys, you got anything else? Just because I type with my thumbs, it might take a while for me to get back to you. I type with my thumbs. I ain't throwing any kinds of stones. No, in you type house. with your fingers. We've seen that 
earlier today. Yeah. One particular finger, and Keith got very offended. Yes. I was not offended. Yeah, he was. <laughs> I was offended for him. You were offended for him? Yeah. How gracious of you. Thank you. Just picking a fight. But we want to give a special thank you to a very special coach, Michael Kidd, head coach of thank the Catabra Cabarets, for joining us today. Um, that's two great softball coaches back-to-back weeks, so very thankful for that, especially this time of year, sir. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. We really appreciate what y'all do and uh, getting the word out. Hopefully y'all uh, continue to have the followers and stuff. We send it out to everybody we know because – Y'all do have a good time in here, and I like listening to you myself. I think maybe as you're we about wrap the only up, one who likes listening to us. <laughs> our wives don't. JT, did you pay him before, or is that coming after? <laughs> the checks in the mail. The checks in the mail. Yeah, it's that party. Asked me for my credit card number, then he asked me for my name on my card. I had to spell my last name. I said, "Yeah, it's V I S A." And they no, no, okay. That one's Never mind. That's right that's, up there with Max no. jokes. That's one. That's a Bill Bank special there. Yeah, well. there you so, go. Crashed and burned. There you go. But um, special thank you to everybody who does listen in, regardless of what school you pull for, what sport that you're involved in. Um, keep digging. Keep letting us know. If you got information, please let us know. Um, get, I'll give you a case in point. We're going to Brooklyn, Casey. Fort Mill baseball is, and that gentleman wanted to know every kit and caboodle about. Fort Mill baseball, and I had to rack my brain to come up with the record, the record at home. They wanted to know how many state championships, the whole thing, players, where they're going to school. Um, I think they wanted mothers' names and, and first siblings' names as well, maybe dental records. But um, that's what other schools are looking for when they have a broadcast team. So there are other schools that do what we do. We're just hoping that more and more people will actually tune in, pay attention, and go out and support these young people, go out and buy a ticket, and be a part of of the moment and time that, that they're going to share on that field. Um, so that'll do it for us again this week. Again, we'll be back on next week. Might be a little bit different. We're not sure yet on the scheduling, but we will certainly get one out to you. Uh, so, again, on behalf of Mac Banks, Keith Cook, I'm John Turner. This guy to my left, Coach Extraordinaire Michael Kidd. Thank you for tuning in this week, and we'll see you crazy kids next week for another edition of Mally Mill Towners. And until then, so long, everybody.